24th of February 2022. Ukrainians wake up to Russian bombs. Vladimir Putin has just ordered the army to carry out his so-called special military operation. Immediately, people flee their homes. Men, but mostly women and children, seek safer ground. And around 8 million of them are believed to have escaped abroad. Forcing them to integrate into a new country as they leave behind the life that they were once used to. A year later, we decided to visit a school in Strasbourg in the east of France, where several dozens of refugees are building a new future for themselves. Sixteen-year-old Elisavieta had never played ping-pong before. A year after arriving at the European School of Strasbourg, her classmates now call her by her nickname, Vieta. I'm doing it horribly. <laughs> I really didn't really walk anymore, played like badminton through his table tennis equipment. And while there are five other Ukrainians in her PE class, okay, socialising with the locals is a priority for Vieta. It's important for me to speak to people around, and it seems to me that if you stay only like with Ukrainians in your class, something like this, you don't really take everything and you don't have so many people around. I like uh, having new people around. The English-speaking section of the school has made it easier for her to fit in. Sweep and make sure we have all of the balls. Make sure my bats are in nice and tidy. Huh? Super, perfect. Most of her classes are taught in English. Украинская школа, в которой я училась, имеет очень сильный упор на научные предметы, такие как математика. In my school, we used to focus on science courses, maths, physics, chemistry. Here, I feel like social sciences, history, and geography are more important. You also get to choose which courses you want to take. I think it's great. I remember when I got back from my first day at school here, my mom told me I had a sparkle in my eyes. It was very emotional. My classmates were all speaking in English. I wasn't used to this. And everyone was so kind, so welcoming. With pupils from over 60 different countries, entry requirements are normally strict. Priority goes to children from families working at the surrounding European institutions. But that changed one year ago. These young Ukrainians arrived at different times, sometimes weeks apart. They're also of different ages. So we were never going to put them all in the same class. Instead, we had to decide on a case-by-case -case basis. It was a very meticulous process. In all... 38 Ukrainians have been taken in by the school. Nicolas Boré helped to put together 
a specially adapted welcome package for them. We created new learning tools for these pupils. We put together French language books for beginners, exercise books that taught them the basics, how to say please and thank you, a room, a pen. We had to get it done very quickly. We worked for hours in the evening so that everything would be ready to help them feel at home here. Just like Vieta, Kirill had never had a French class before. Okay, ensuite. A year on, he's made progress and is determined to continue improving. I never would have imagined this could have happened. The war was a huge shock to us. At first, we didn't know what to do, but then we came to France. After a year here, I think I've started to fit in. I can speak a bit of French and understand the language. It's very important because speaking French is the best way of blending in. Kirill arrived on the 2nd of March 2022. He came with his mother, his grandmother and his little brother Misha, who wasn't even a year old at the time. At first they lived with friends before moving into a flat on the outskirts of Strasbourg. On the 24th of February my husband called me and said, get up, the war has started, you need to go to a bunker. He was travelling abroad for work. This is Misha in the bunker. He didn't understand why he wasn't allowed to leave his cot. At first we went to stay with our friends in Chernivtsi, but the situation was only getting worse. And our friends in France told us that Lavonso had offered to help Ukrainians. This is Carol feeding Misha in the car. There were so many people escaping by road, it was impossible to stop. I drove for 24 hours straight. I was so tired, but I couldn't stop. The family had already fled Donetsk back in 2014, when Russia invaded the Donbass region. This time, though, they've had to leave the grandparents from the other side of the family back in Donetsk. We never talk about the war with them because in 2014 we had a big argument with some of our family and some of our friends. We don't speak about politics anymore. I call my friends back home. They don't want to tell me what the Russians are doing because it's just too awful for killing Ukrainians even though our countries were once friends. Vieta lives on the other side of Strasbourg. 
an hour's journey from her school. She's been staying at a hotel where she shares a room with her mother. This is where we sleep, sit in our free time. Uh, this table is uh, the place where majority of work is taking place. In the same time, when we need to have lunch or dinner, we are eating in the same place because there isn't much place. There's just 10 square meters between them, but the pair don't see a reason to complain. Of course, it isn't easy, especially when we read that there are missiles flying over Kyiv. We wonder whether our flat back home is still standing or whether it's about to be torn apart. It's tough, but if we don't keep smiling and laughing, we'll go crazy. Around 100 Ukrainian refugees are living for free in the hotel. We go for walks together in the park. Our children work together on their French. It would be very hard if we weren't able to help each other out. Vieta's father could be called up to fight, so he's had to stay in Ukraine. The three of them speak on the phone when the network is good enough. For young Ukrainians, school can help them forget momentarily about the conflict. They have to deal with the effects of the war every day. But at least when they're at school, they can enjoy the day, like any other child. The question, however, remains over whether they'll be able to get a diploma in their final year. If you know the answer, you can answer it directly. We're working with the European Union to see what we can provide them with at the end of their studies. A certificate, a document that recognizes their education here, which could perhaps be accepted by universities. We've never faced a situation like this before. The two pupils want to remain optimistic. I'd like to stay in France and work here, in particular in Strasbourg. I really like this city. I'd like to work in a European institution, like in the European Parliament. I know I'll have to study hard for this, but I'm ready to give everything I can. I don't know what my life will be like, but I think that what I'm learning here will allow me to help my country later on. Maybe I can represent Ukraine somewhere, I don't know. I can't predict the future, but I hope it will go as well as possible. A future where Vieta and Kirill hope to see Ukraine become part and parcel of the European Union.